Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo, and we are all back today. Hello, fellas. How are you doing? Good. Doing great. Very well. Excellent. And we are all gathered here today. Are we getting married? For this this little thing called life. Yes. (laughs) The sword of the lictor. The year of the new sun. Uh, you know, uh, we've we've joked around that uh, you know Severian's a Christ figure, but uh, I'm, I'm going to say it: we're going to church today. It's a little Christy. <laughs> what? No way! <laughs> what are you talking about, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> Severian, Christy? No way! <laughs> um. So yeah, we, we're going to be covering uh chapters uh XVI to XXV. Uh, 16 through 25. Um, and uh, I believe, uh, Pete, you you had a comment uh, right before we came on air. What did, what did you, what was your comment about these chapters? Uh, well, I would say that they're, they're my favorite set of chapters we've gone through far, so far in this whole uh, uh, saga. Um, and that's probably because it is, uh, it's dude stuff. You know what I mean? It's like there, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of fighting. Uh, there's uh, Severian's madhood discussion with Severian Junior. There's the uh, uh, there's the murder of Satan. You know, like there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff going on, man. Excellent. Yes. I mean, he 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 does make a deal with uh, essentially Legion from <laughs> from the mm-hmm. Bible, right? Yes. <laughs> Which is honestly. A- can, can we can we talk a little bit about the El Zabo? Because yeah, honestly, monster so far. Oh fuck, man! It it is creepy. It is uncanny. It's got everything going for it. Yeah, um, never mind these flying black blobs from earlier and stuff. Like this is the real deal. Yeah, I, I honestly have to say I, I was not expecting to actually come across like a living El Zabo. Like I, I you know. Because I, I, you know, we we came across the, its you know extract of its glands earlier, and I, it just never occurred to me that we would f- find the Alzabo itself, and it's, that the Alzabo itself preceded him. Yes, exactly. Sorry, right. <laughs> uh, well, not only that, but that it, the Alzabo itself also has the ability to retain that which it eats. Um, I, that was just that's brilliant, just brilliant touch. I, they do mention that in passing. Um. When they introduce the the analeptic, uh, th- that that it's like part of what it does. It's 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 unclear. Um, I I interpreted it when they originally mentioned the analeptic Alzabo of um, it being kind of this like pathetic little thing that mm. that when when a child died. It would dig up the grave and eat the grave and then would sit outside and beg to be let in almost almost in like a fairy tale sort of way. I wasn't expecting it to be the fucking Hulkamaniac. Um, <laughs> I was not expecting it to be a giant halo enemy uh, that that devours people and then and then keeps them inside of it. Uh, yeah. And so I wonder I, I wonder if that is one of those funny, uh, you know, little wolf details where where it's like oh yeah you know this is how this is how uh you know people who didn't routinely deal with it understood it to be versus holy shit it's at your door or if it's the sort of thing that as tolkien might say grew in the telling um Mm. and was like well maybe i can do something cool with this as you know as an action scenes uh and and so that necessitated although i I mean i mean he wrote i i think he wrote these originally as one book so so probably not so uh, the way I uh, view it, and and probably the 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 kernel of the idea is very simple, right? It's the big bad wolf. Yeah. What, you know, before before the woodsman comes comes around to cut open the oh, big bad yeah. wolf, he's got the grandma inside. And, I mean, and just think if the grandma is intact, you know, right when 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 she's cut out of the the wolf's stomach or whatever. Well, you know, she's sort of alive in there, right? And then that's probably what got him thinking, right? Is like, oh, well, would would the the wolf start to talk like the grandma? And and obviously in this in this fairy tale, that's exactly what he does. Yeah. He, he sounds mm-hmm. exactly like grandma. So, so there's another story. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please, Pete. 
Oh, I was I was just going to say there's another two stories that I can think of. Notes the one upmanship that uh, that include like a a fairly similar monster, but I think our our good buddy Mister Wolf does it better. And I'm going uh, to seize it back, by the way, just to say that my one involves Boris Karloff. So I, I'm just going to. Oh, yeah, you that's again. better. But please, please do continue. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> the, the first is the intellect of our of Dungeons and Dragons fame that swallows brains mm-hmm. and uses them. Yeah, like the, it's got the whole thing. One brain that it, it inhales, allows it to cast one magic spell, blah, blah, blah. And then Adonacio. Uh, wrote a book called Solus, and in it, there's a creature called the goldfish that will eat people's faces and brains, and it's translucent, and you can see the face floating around, and it's actually like the person there is sentient but can't interact. Wow. Mm. Given a choice between them, I think I would uh, I would opt for the Alzado option. Yeah. So <laughs> well, the I mean, one that it, I it, was going to go mention. Ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm no, sorry. Go, I'm just go, jumping go, the gun. No, 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 no. No, you, you, oh, you no, had your Boris Karloff. There uh, is an order of things oh. here, and you, you're due. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, there is a film called Black Sabbath, which I think came out in like '65 or so, and it yeah. is an Italian horror anthology. Uh, directed by Mario Bava, by the great Mario Bava. Um, it is one of the most delightful Halloween watches you can possibly have. It's three short-ish films, um, uh, and it's introduced by Boris Karloff, who's standing uh, Max Headroom style in front of a bunch of like rotating flashing lights and stuff. But uh, the, the great Boris Karloff appears in one of them, which is called The Wordjalak. And it is a Slavic vampire story, um, basically about a a type of vampire um, that uh, feasts on the recently dead, I believe, and brings them back uh, to life. And then they stand outside the house and beg to be let in, in the guise of, you know, your former loved one. Uh, and, mm. and so in, in the story... Um, you know, a a wordjalak has has gotten into the grave of one of their grandpas, uh, in, in this in this this like village, and keeps coming to visit them at night, begging to be let in, and gradually steals away more and more people. And one of the most one of the most iconic scenes in it is literally a uh, a mother and a small child standing outside begging the father to let them in. Um, no, mm. knowing that it that they are actually uh, uh, vampires, and it, it reminded me of that. Now, now the 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 word Jalak is an actual like uh, Slavic vampire uh, folktale. So, I, although I don't know how closely it adheres to the rules that were in the movie, but th- that's what I realized uh, after the fact that it was reminding me of. Although it took a little bit of of uh, brain archaeology to figure that out. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do do we want to uh, describe the Alzabo real quick, or or I'm sorry, Chris, I, I cut you off a little bit. No, uh, so my, my mind went to the um, like zombie bear from Annihilation, um, hmm. like just hulking hmm. and kind of had like human like voice patterns and stuff like that. Um, and so I, I think that goes into what you're like you you were leading into, Carlo, where it's like it's described as uh, well, you know, unlike a bear, it's it's has red fur, <laughs> but it was like huge, like it has huge and te- big teeth and things like that. Um, well, it has like a a, a, a crested, like a, a crest of a mane, all, yeah. uh, like along its spine or whatever. So, I mean, like um, one of the things that's really interesting here is that uh, he does, uh, what is it? He does give it like a, a very brief description um, where it says, you know, like uh, the beast that waited there stood upon four legs. Even so, its hulking shoulders were as high as my head. And Severian's already tall. Yeah. Um, its own head was carried low with the tips of its ears below the crest of fur that topped its back. In the firelight, its teeth gleamed white and its eyes glowed red. I have seen the eyes of many of these creatures that are supposed to have come from beyond the margin of the world, drawn, as certain philonoists allege, by the death of those whose genesis was here even as tribes of Encores come slouching with their stone knives and fires into a 
countryside depopulated by war or disease. But their eyes are the eyes of beasts only. The red orbs of the Alzabo were something more, holding neither the intelligence of humankind nor the innocence of the brutes. So a fiend might look, I thought, when it had at last struggled up from the pit of some dark star. Then I recalled the man-apes, who were indeed called fiends, yet had the eyes of men. Mm. You know what it reminded me of? So essentially, like, what I'm getting here is that there's, like, some base cunning that Mm. is visible in the Alzabo's gaze, but it is not in, it is not human. It is not a human intelligence, that's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a great little scene just to set it up and, you know, it it manages to convince uh, Kazdo to throw open the door because it uses her, her husband's voice. And she's like been waiting for him to return and she doesn't really think about it and opens the door and it basically it's the devil is on the doorstep right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm uh, kind of a little basic baby. So I have to admit, um, I was imagining it kind of as looking like a devil. I mean, there is, um, if you want, I can, uh, I can send you like a little image that I've seen that they used for the um, for the uh, Folio Society's uh, books, and uh, it is it is somewhat terrifying. Mm. Uh, I'll just send it to you guys in the chat. But um, so I I do love I do love that that uh, interpretation. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. No, I was just gonna say that this whole scene um, of the you know the the Alzabo threatening the the people in the cabin is is really you know I, I like how it's almost harkening back to as you mentioned the big bad wolf like it's almost like a fairy tale type thing where it's like you know cabin in the woods and it's all lit by firelight and there's a you know monster at the door and I, I just thought that was a a really neat um you know color to play in, in this you know, science fiction, gothic fantasy. Um, I, I, I don't think we've come across something like that before in this story. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and the, the, the thing of it is that it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say whether the Alzabo is smart in and of itself mm-hmm. or if it borrows uh, the intelligence of its, you know, the, the hosts that it, mm-hmm. you know, that it's swallowed recently, right? You're right. Because it, there is that set, that that whole sequence where basically he and Severian are sort of like, sort of like testing each other's stances, you know, basically like in a fight. Yeah. Like like in a kung fu fight, before you you actually fight, you you sort of like you know you shuffle around, you check your 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 opponent's stance, and you know, ha I, I have the upper yeah, you know, I have the upper hand or whatever. <laughs> I have and, the higher ground. <laughs> well, oh God, <laughs> don't get me started. Um, but but this it, it uses the the its own sort of like I I don't know if it would be mimicry or if it's the actual voices or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to its advantage, and it's sort of like it, it reminds me of also some of the uh back and forth in the exorcist mm-hmm. where you have different voices come up and sort of challenge and try to surprise you know father Karras and and sort of like break his break his will right sort of like psychologically uh you know taunt him and whatnot so yeah, it, yeah, yeah. he's got well, like this yeah Go most ahead. famously like she used the 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 demon in that uses his mother's voice it yeah. makes me think of uh, uh, Peter Watts and and Blindsight. The idea that uh, I- intelligence or the ability to mimic intelligence is a can just be a tool of a species. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. I, I I don't uh, when it, when he was going through the interaction with this beast. I was always wondering whether, like, is there a there there, or does it is it just sort of instinctually able to access the memories of the things, the the people it's consumed, and and use them to its advantage? And it's probably unanswerable, um, 
but I, I, it's, it's just something that I, I can't help a little, but focus on a little bit, like how much, um, how much of, you know, the father and the, the, uh, the, the, the daughter are alive and how much of them are print offs. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, I, I mean, I, it's interesting because, you know, you know, we, we know of the, um, Alzabo's effect, uh, on Severian, Severin, um, be, uh, because of the, uh, he he took the analeptic or whatever it's called, um, and you know Fecla's in his head, and you know she's not necessarily. I don't know. At, at times, it seems like she's kind of like taking or like feeding him information that he wouldn't otherwise. And other times, it sounds it almost feels like it's like passively he's like accessing memories. Um, so it, I don't even know if that like I, I I brought that up to maybe like clarify but i think that probably just makes it more confusing whether or not the alzabo himself actually is being inhabited by the people he eats well i think that the 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 difference here um is that we're supposed to view severian and thecla's sort of union Mm -hmm. um via the the analeptic alzabo and him eating uh, like her flesh in sort of like a communion, even though it's like a, 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 a perversion of what we would consider like, uh, you know, taking of the Eucharist or the communion in, in, in the Catholic tradition, um, because there was some sort of connection and there mm. was some sort of love between them that there's their pairing and their sort of melding is, is somewhat more perfect. um, more perfectly made right mm-hmm. he does not you know like like you're mentioning i feel like they uh they sort of complement each other and sometimes he can access her memories some sometimes when he's not careful she becomes dominant like remember in the in the antechamber in um mm. in 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 the house absolute where, you know, like he, uh, he basically becomes possessed by her and the little girl says, I thought there was a tall lady and it's all basically through mannerisms. Yes. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. but in general, and I think, I think that the, the, the thing that we're going to be looking forward to is the fact that there are like the 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 alzabo is one way to do this wherein there are many contained within one mm-hmm. and then later on we'll find that there's yet another way to join <laughs> two into one, which is not so great. <laughs> well, one of the things I really found, um, and I've been connecting and disconnecting, so I apologize if I'm repeating verbatim something that some some previous Kurt already said. Uh, but um, <laughs> but uh, what I found really chilling was the way that uh, Wolf uses the kind of like the despair of separation as a way of kind of motivating and driving the, the kind of like killing instinct of the Alzabo and the way that uh, Beckin and um, Severa's kind of like animuses or or anima or perhaps anime uh, <laughs> were, were 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 kind of um, operationalized as part of like like the killing instinct where um when severian is kind of having his conversation the the he, he's like you know do you really want to to kill your wife and and son and beckon goes well beckon at or the alzabo as beckon says but then we'll be reunited in fact we we want to do this we understand that we you know we are within this shell as we were once within another and so for us this is not death this is this is this is reuniting and i found that really creepy uh and, Mm -hmm. and chilling in particular yeah because it's 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 very seductive right it's 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 a seduction uh, through basically like annihilation into the Alzabo. Exactly. Yeah. And who mm. is to, who is to say that we aren't all? But <laughs> it's like it's like the simulation uh, idea. What if what if all of us are actually just inside of a big Alzabo? <laughs> just 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 crammed inside there, barely any elbow room. I, I dreamed. I dreamed uh, I, that I was an, a, a a a man inside an Alzabo, but perhaps I am an Alzabo inside of a man. <laughs> 
Shang Chu dreamt of being inside an Alzaba. But yeah, so so I mean, it it's it's a it's also to a certain extent the way I read it, and and as you mentioned, Kurt, that that sort of seductive quality to you know, sort of call out to, uh, you know, the rest of the family, you know, come join me. I am the father of the family, you know, speaking through the Alzabo is, I feel what sort of perhaps makes Severians not immediately decide to, I mean, obviously he doesn't have the advantage either, but he also understands that even if he did have the advantage, could he kill something that sounds like their daughter and their husband in front of the rest of the family and what that would do. I think hmm. he could. And I, I, I mean, <laughs> he could. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I do think, I do think that he could, but honestly, at this point in, in sort of like his development, it is, it is something that he, he struggles with, right? It, he sort of, slowly and somewhat despite his training developing some sort of a conscience and how to do things you know and how to be human and not just a torturer and i I like to think that part of the 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 sort of truce that he makes with the alzabo which is basically leave now i won't hunt you during the day uh yeah with with certain caveats that we learn later but but generally speaking, you know, he doesn't want to just sort of like slaughter any hope that, you know, Beckon and, and Severa are somewhat still perhaps alive uh, in, in front of, you know, like little Severian and, and Kazdo. Agia, he doesn't care about. So mm-hmm. yeah, she's not part of the family. Fuck her. <laughs> yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed um, the 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 payoff of the reveal of Agia and I really wonder if it, it would be funny if Wolf like wrote out the book and then was like well I'm just gonna go back and I'd add you know l- little Agia appearances into into scenes <laughs> that that I already wrote <laughs> <laughs> well I I'm gonna confess I mean a lot of the the Agia uh, encounters and discussions involved another character who's a spacer that I don't even remember Hathor, the he's, the yeah. stuttering, like he's he's like the the weirdo that uh, showed up in back. He, he was like Severian's groupie. Mm-hmm. He he wanted oh, so, he wanted Severian to yeah. like he he came with like uh, t- two other people that were also weirdos that wanted Severian like oh could you dip yeah. these handkerchiefs in the in the uh, executed uh, person's blood and you're yeah. like. And then he shows up again, basically each time Severian does an execution, and you later find out that he's also the the aged man who um, Agia uh, mentions at the beginning of the book or at, at the beginning of the series was was in love with her, and that and that she wondered if she shouldn't have just like you know gone and gotten married to him, basically. So he's the fan in oblivion. If you win yes. all the arena battles, he is indeed. Yes. Okay. Okay, but Th- that is has, a reference that a I do not know. Uh, it's it's. it's it, <laughs> I mean, I played Oblivion. I, I I don't think I I got to that. Uh, if you win all the arena line. battles, a really annoying NPC uh, who looks super goofy gets put on like permanent auto follow and literally just follows you everywhere in the world, going going. Oh, but the great hero, my lord! Here comes the great hero. He approaches you know, and and I think I think you can like give him things to hold. But it's like it's really, really annoying. <laughs> yeah, it is not worth it. It's not worth <laughs> it. And he's really hard to get killed. In fact, I don't know if you can. You might just be stuck with him. Much like mm-hmm. All right. So uh, we should probably uh, also uh, m- move it along. It, it, just to clarify, also, uh, it, it's one of those things that um, way back when uh, Wolf does the thing where he he mentions something one way and fully expecting you to understand it one way, but he means it another. Hmm. And yeah, he, he basically, uh, as mentions that she, like, like Kurt said, uh, she, she had an old sailor and you're thinking, Oh yeah. One of the sailors on the earth, on earth's oceans. No, no, no sailor, like from a ship 
between mm-hmm. stars uh who apparently brought a ship full of fucking yeah. weird aliens to yeah, Earth. veritable Thank arc you. <laughs> you, yeah yeah exactly so uh the next day uh basically uh for for all of uh severian's efforts uh Kazdo, the old man and uh little severian head off he 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 watches them in the distance and then follows them because he said to himself, I didn't say that I wasn't going to prevent you from eating, <laughs> eating the rest of the family, you fucking Alzabo. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just I, I, we kind of are we're, we're going moving on. But I, I like the moment where um, he was asking for a light and then nobody like gave it to mm-hmm. him. And he was just like, so like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed uh, to to the family when, when he finally, you know, comes back up to the loft. Like, I thought that was an interesting point because, you know, he was very like, yeah, you know, it's time for you guys to leave. <laughs> like, and well, I'll, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll, it, you, you it, can it, feed it, me breakfast, but I'm going to eat it over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the devil knows where your house is now. So, well, that, yeah, that's you, you fair, probably but, you yeah. probably should leave now. And 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 very quickly they are basically murdered by uh, zoanthropes, which um, apparently are people who have <laughs> shed great. the bird. Oh God, yes. I love like I kept on rereading and rereading it, and it was like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> They're people who return like, to monkey. <laughs> yes. They're people they, who they do the re- even, they and do, then they don't. Yeah, they do the return, but it's <laughs> yeah. back to like yeah. before consciousness. Yeah, that was the great they, explanation they, where he's like, you know, you know, you know, little Severian, how there are people who, uh, if your hand gets really mangled, it can be cut off. Well, there's people, th- those same people can also do that to your brain if you want them to. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can't make it better after it's done, but <laughs> once it's done, you don't care because you, you can't even think about it anymore. Um, so, uh, what was it? There's something here. I, I was just, uh, oh, 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 I, there's this little passage here after he's like counting like the different, you know, like the people that are the casualties. Right. And he says seven zoanthropes, um, zoanthropes lay upon the mountain grass, four killed by Terminus Est, I think, and three by the Alzabo. Kazdo's body was in its jaws, her head and shoulders already devoured. The old man who had known Fetchin lay crumpled like a doll. That famous artist who would have made something wonderful of his death, showing it from a perspective no one else could have found in embodying the dignity and futility of all human life in the misshapen head. But Fetchin was not there. And I think that that's also like this weird, like it's just layers and layers of remembrance and ways to preserve someone as they were in life. Mm. And it's so, oh God, it's so good. I love it. I really do. And then you get the, the zoanthropes who's like, nah, we tried that thinking stuff. <laughs> Not for us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it really um, I think it speaks to the way that Wolf uses a kind of like absurd heightening of typical, relatively established literary things um, to construct some of the science fiction, uh, and, and, you know, dying earth aspects uh of the setting in, in a way that i don't know reminds me of like old star trek episodes to a degree where where it's like uh it's 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 like it, it takes this small thing you know being frustrated with the world and is like well let's take it to the absolute logical conclusion of people who are like you know i just don't want to be human anymore uh and as a result it's not it's not it's not like all right, and we're back with the zoanthropes and the weird questions. And do you want to think again? No, said the man, and why, howled off into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was trying to say before um, before uh, cast uh, crapped its pants um, was was that uh, I I I really like the way 
that there's an almost like decaying gothicism to uh, the zoanthropes, zoanthropes, zoetropes, zoanthropes. Um, in in that like it's it's a it's a typical thing. This idea of you know being unbe- the you know modern life or the or, or the strain of being a human being unbearable. Um, and there's similar sci-fi conceits that pop up all the time. Like, um, okay, uh, for instance, it vaguely reminds me of um, Hot Black Desiato uh, from the restaurant at the end of the universe, <laughs> who is spending a year dead for tax purposes. It kind of reminds <laughs> me of that. And there's 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 a few other things, you know, people who who unhuman themselves uh, effectively because they can't deal with it. Uh, anymore but what i like is that wolf takes it and goes in a, in a weird like fantasy direction with it where it's like for okay what if lots of people were were doing this and what if we take away the sci-fi trappings um so that like well what would you do with all these all these people who act like animals okay in a sci-fi story like a typical like 60s or 70s sci-fi story you would probably get some comment on uh, you know, like institutionalization or something like that. But no, they're like, well, they herd them up up into the mountains. Um, or sometimes they pay a friend beforehand to take them up into the mountains where they run around in in big herds, you know, causing weird problems. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it, I, it's just it's, it's su- such a nice touch of the uncanny. I, 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 I mean, think. so so just to just to give. The, the passage where he just simply lays it out, uh, you know, Severian is trying to explain uh, to little Severian, you know, little Severian sort of very succinctly says, oh, a dog just looks for things to eat. Um, and Severian says, exactly. But that raises the question of whether a person should be forced to do such thinking. And some people decided a long time ago that he should not. We may force a dog sometimes to act like a man, to walk on his hind legs and wear a collar and so forth, but we shouldn't and couldn't force a man to act like a man. Did you ever want to fall asleep when you weren't sleepy or even tired? You know, so, and then, yeah, like to your point, Kurt, uh, what is it? Uh, when a man becomes an animal, he becomes a dangerous animal. And animals like that cannot be tolerated in more settled places where there are farms and many people. So they are driven to these mountains or brought here by other old friends or someone they paid to do it before they discarded the power of human thought. They can still think a little, of course, as all animals can. Enough to find food in the wild, though many die each winter. Enough to throw stones as monkeys throw nuts and use their clubs and even to hunt for mates, for there are females among them, as I said. Their sons and daughters seldom live long, however, and I suppose that is for the best, because they are born just as you were, and I was, with the burden of thought. That was pretty grim. That last, yeah, part, pretty that grim. last part is just like, fucked me up. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so fucked up. Like, imagine just like the minute, the minute consciousness kindles in the kid's eyes, like, are they driven? Are they just hunted down? What what happens to them? You know, it's I mean, just my, awful. My impression is that, I mean, I think that the least bleak reading is just that they just don't know how to take care of a kid. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that would be the least bleak one. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, there's there's precedent, too. Like, there's the, the whole feral wolf child thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a like when when you read those old stories, what you don't read is the hundreds of kids who were in that situation who who didn't make it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But what if what if their names are Fish and Frog, and one of them goes on to found a great empire with the help of Squanto? <laughs> <laughs> you got me, man. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah, it, let's let's go 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 into that because it is really funny, uh, a really funny sort of uh, ironic juxtaposition that the minute he finishes talking about like the zoanthropes and and you know the problems and you know like uh, just you know people living like animals, we get basically. Um, I, I mean, it sounds like a, a bit of a bit of um, Jungle Book mixed in with uh, some coded uh like uh star faring uh stories and so on and so forth i i think it's four things i think it's jungle book i think it's the founding of rome by romulus and remus um there's yep. a few explicit references uh the 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 two brothers is one part um one brother killing the other is another part uh there's a reference to uh the rape of the sabine women 
um where or like one of the brothers founds like like a tribe in in the hills as basically of basically like like brigands and wild people and they have to go like uh, kidnap women um and uh and then and then of course uh the founding uh of the american uh colonies and the beginning of uh, you know, colonial exploitation. Um, with uh, Squanto making an appearance in literally the last word of the of the story. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of America in there too. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of America as a treat. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's like the uh, the 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 tale of the what is the the tale of the the Minotaur, but also the tale of the Monitor in, yeah, in yeah. the <laughs> the ogre uh, the ogre that uh, lives in the sea or whatever. So, um, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying my, my, my other favorite part from the weird fairy tale that, uh, Severian perhaps, uh, inadvisably reads from what amounts to the, the big book of fucked up stories, uh, (laughs) is, is the part where it's like, she found a very beautiful rose and then, uh, certain, certain juices from the rose caused her to become (laughs) pregnant. It's like, wait a minute. Uh, (laughs) what, (laughs) what's going on here? (laughs) Well, I, I, I mean, it's also funny because later on, um, you get uh, uh, what, what's his name again? Um, oh shit! Is it Spring Wind? Yeah, Summer Spring Wind? Wind. Yeah, yeah, Spring Wind. Spring Wind. Spring Wind. Um, uh, basically, you know, it says the, the the phrase from Jungle Book, right? The red flower. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Which of course makes you think, like, okay, so is is it actually just a red flower, or is it fire? Is it both? You know, like, and it makes you think about, like, well, what was it that that his mom found? Actually, you know, uh, because there is there is sort of like a where's the passage now? I'm trying to remember now. There is like a, this weird little passage where it uh, mentions that Spring Wind is slightly taller. Uh, you know, and, and he came from beyond the stars and you're like, Hmm, is yep. this like how, how the, the humans have sort of like variegated and we, we ended up with exultants you know, well, in, in present time. Isn't there a specific reference to, to like the autarchs in there too? I thought I could be mistaken. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe I'm imagining but, something. I don't know. I mean, he I'll have he to go does, look at some port. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't does, catch it, but that definitely doesn't mean. It's not there, you know. Well, I mean, he also uses the um, the the names that are used in the play, right, for Adam and Eve, right, Meskia and Meskiani, mm. uh, as references here, and it's it's sort of interesting because then it, it's sort of like it's pointing back to other references that have happened prior to, right. Um, but anyway, I mean, I, it's I think to your point, Kurt, I I do think that it is. Uh, a variety of different things that are sort of like mixed mixed up together um to you know t- to for us as readers to recognize certain things but also sort of like mixed up in such ways that uh, it makes a brand new type of story and i think that that's you know like that that is sort of really uh it's a clever thing and i think it's really entertaining to try to tease apart but i i don't know that i'm always uh you know catching every bit i mean maybe on a reread hmm. it's well it's it's what, what i admire about it though is that it's well written in and of itself like it's it's a as you might say perfectly cromulent like fairy tale um that you know demonstrates if not a mastery of like the fairy tale form it's a very different feel from the the kind of like epic iliad type retelling of the previous meta text uh that we got about the minotaur and the monitor um and so it's just like a it's like it's almost like like it's it's another found document piece essentially but it's a different style of found document um and so i i appreciate that just on kind of like you know let's let's play around and and see what we can do with this story and what can be encapsulated within it (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely all right do we want to move on to the uh, to the sham sorcerers? The sham wow sorcerers. <laughs> can, can I just mention that um, I, I highly doubt that this is true, but I'm going to imagine to myself and create an image in my mind that uh, Gene Wolfe was actually a big fan 
of uh, Japanese exploitation films, and that this is all a reference to Lone Wolf and Cub. Hence, well, hence all the wolf stuff. Yes. Yeah. Well, one must imagine Gene Wolf happy. Yes. <laughs> well, so, so as I understand it, um, uh, he was uh, as a kid, he was like a big ham radio uh, buff, and I believe his his uh, his handle was. I, I want to say it was West Wolf or something to that effect. And hmm. so, so, you know, like him going back to the well for wolf, uh, wolves or wolves, as little Silverian says, um, references, uh, you know, it is probably something that he loves to do just simply as a, as, you know, like as a little, like the, the the tang on the on the uh, <laughs> a signature or a stamp on the tang of the the sword, you know, that Wolf loves to do. I I, I forget if this was posted in the Podside Discord. I think it was, but uh, there's he apparently liked to wear shirts with like airbrushed wolf, wear, or wolves on them. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I posted it, so I can guarantee. <laughs> yes, well, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, I mean, okay. it's like his last name isn't Goose. Like, if my name, <laughs> last name was Wolf, I would totally do shit like that. You know, I mean, bury yeah, it like, in my books, wear shirts with wolves on it. I, the, the man probably had a wolf tattoo, despite I mean, his it, age. If his if his uh, last name would have been Goose, uh, the shirts would have been all uh, peace was never an option. You know, <laughs> Top Gun action. <laughs> hmm. Um, but but so, uh, do we want to talk a little bit about um? Uh, fakey sorcerers. I, I sort of love this. <laughs> I love I really this. Do. Yeah, this <laughs> was so good. This reminded me of like the. This reminded me of one of those things where you find like like these. This chapter could have been with a little bit of of embellishment, like a standalone story. Mm. Um, it, it's it, it's it's just it, it's a funny little like road not traveled of like well, what if Severian pretended you know spent the entire book pre- pretending to be like a magician and and rising up the ranks of you know of, of a group of, of like phony sorcerers because i i really like how he's like it's actually very easy to talk like a sorcerer because they're just pretending to talk like uh like like uh priestesses uh, mm-hmm. you know and and uh priests uh, uh, uh ascetics he he says and, and so it's actually very easy you just kind of make shit up um, and he does a great job. I, I really appreciate some of his little, like, you know, Severian <laughs> embellishments where he's like, well, actually, you stole my son from me and he contained half of my power. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I also love that uh, he he basically does like a Vulcan de- uh, neck pinch and makes the dude drop the sword. And he's like, as you can tell, my sorcery is strong. Yeah. <laughs> and the, it brought my sword to me. You had it. And yet it wants to be with me. And, and mm-hmm. you're like... <laughs> I mean, if 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 you didn't have Severian sort of narrating it to you, and you were watching it from the outside, you wouldn't necessarily know because both sides are just basically completely trying to out bullshit each other <laughs> at every moment, and it's so good. I just love it. It's so good. I also, like I I also love the fact that you know, like Severian's like, well, you know, I don't know everything, but in general this is all trickery and he you knows so on and so forth. Um, uh, so, of course, of course, then, then he actually does have a magic object that does real magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well I, go ahead. Well, it also seemed like that the guy he was having, like the kind of like, you know, mentalist duel thing going on was doing something. Cause he, Severin did, uh, Severian was feeling something along the lines of like he he saw himself in between these two sons, uh, which he he thought were the you know two halves of this guy's brain, and um, so I, I don't know how like you know how much we trust that, but like I I don't think it's entirely fakery. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, we, we run into the unreliable narrator problem. Like in, yes. any any time. Uh, Sev, pronounce it how you like, um, it says something authoritatively, I instantly freeze. <laughs> well, I mean, I also, uh, let's, let's not forget, Chris, that, that, you know, whatever, whatever was happening, um, it, it, it does, it does get sort of dispelled the minute he touches the, the little pouch with the claw in it. Mm, that's true. 
And then just in case, you know, the, the, the magic spell, whatever it was exactly, uh, wasn't going to work. Later on, they find that the dude's staff was like hollowed out. No doubt, <laughs> uh, yeah. sorry, it says to, to blow the basically, uh, you know, use like a, a poison blow dart and just fuck them up <laughs> yeah. and win, win the duel that way. You know, why not? Uh, I also love the fact that later on they, they, they escape and, uh, like one of the, they meet one of the, 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 the three colored men because they, they paint themselves. What is it in red, black, and something. I forgot exactly what colors, what the third color is, but, um, they meet him on the road and he's like, Magus, tell us what was like, no, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> Find your own way. <laughs> Show's over kid. Get lost. Um, I, I like how he's like, Oh, I thought I had to take the claw out, but actually I just need to touch it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it made him laugh too. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I'm such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, I really love that. So, um, so I mean, uh, yeah, the, 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 the duel is great. Um, there, there is a lot of like little internal stuff happening, but once they get, uh, they, they escape and they get into the mountains proper. Ah, uh, so good. Uh, where was it? I was trying to find the the passage. There's like a a passage where it's basically like, oh yeah, now we could look upon, we could almost look upon the the mountain's face. You know, it, it's it's funny because if he hadn't established later on or earlier, I should say that the mountains are basically like the carved, uh, perhaps autarchs of old or rulers of old, basically. Um, that that. You know, we we could take the phrases as they are because yes, mountains do have crowns, mountains do have faces, mountains do have skirts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so do we want to talk a little bit about uh, the cursed town and uh, the fate, the sad fate of little Severian after they meet? Uh, they 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 find a little curse, a cursed town in the the lap of the the mountain. Don't go all at once, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about it, except it sort of bummed me out, and I just sort of felt the cold hand of inevitability. Mm-hmm. I mean, because otherwise, Severian was going to be a troop leader for you know all subsequent pages. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he was he was already sort of like find trying to figure out like, oh yeah, I can't keep dragging him around all over the face of creation. I got to figure out figure out some other plan and. Yeah, part of the part of the plan was, in fact, the ill-advised. Uh, let's go check out that gigantic golden ring because that's gold. Gold will buy us a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, like uh, money entrances into a lot of places. Goods and services. <laughs> you don't say. I, that's a <laughs> Simpsons quote. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like part of part of the plan is to see if they could figure out a way to. Uh, get the gold off the the gigantic uh, mountain's finger. Ah, poor poor little Severian. Yeah. So, I, I when I got to that part, it it reminded I, I all I could think of was that part in uh, Spinal Tap when the one drummer just blows up and uh, he's just like poof gone. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It is. It it does have like it's it's horrific, but it's also got like this weird, almost comedic uh, touch to it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So so before we get there, let's let's talk a little bit about um. They 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 uh stumble across like this town, and it it's the way that it's described is it's in the lap of the mountain, like the gigantic ruler's lap holds like this little. Uh, platform and i believe um i'm trying to find it here i can't find it right right off the top of my head but uh severian basically says oh these look like the towers back home and that looks like the madison tower and the bear tower and you're like oh you mean like metal towers that are rocket ships perhaps Mm. severian (laughs) (laughs) surrounded by like these uh what is it cenotaphs like these giant, uh, man, you know, man-shaped uh, uh, figures that look like statues, right? Mm-hmm. And, and once you start thinking, well, okay, so those are rockets. 
Are these like giant mechs? Yeah. They're they're <laughs> they're, they're Gundam. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, we got Gundam on Earth. Okay, that's cool, man. Like there's even a, a moment where I think Severian uh, imagines the uh, the the statues uh launching into the air and then you know arcing back down towards the earth to wherever they were needed to you know perhaps quell some sort of unrest or something to that effect which then you know makes you think hmm is this future severian that actually knows the code the the passcodes to those things now or or what Mm. yeah well yeah, and I mean, even if it isn't, it's just sort of a, a an indicator of how Severian thinks, man. Like, somebody is going to be a future leader. I, I don't know that I'd raise him as an orphan torturer. It just doesn't seem well-advised. <laughs> or given what people, or people in power need to do, uh, perhaps it's very well-advised. I don't know, Pete. <laughs> Have you taken a look at our Hall of Presidents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I granted he'd he'd probably be very decisive. <laughs> yes. Well, he does have a, a a sword that says the dividing line. So <laughs> <laughs> the point of departure, I think, is also a, a valid uh, interpretation of Terminus Test. But um, so they 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 happen upon a corpse that is just sort of like they they find like this central area uh, that as. I, I was reading and rereading it. It sounds very much like um, sort of like a mission control area where it has like the central area where you would basically, uh, I guess, sit if you were in a spaceship of some sort. Mm. And there's the big guy just sitting there with two heads, <laughs> naked as the day is born, mm-hmm. but also dead. And it's not until little Severian uh, dies that he is we find that he is brought back to life somehow and i don't know if there's a connection there or if they they fiddled with some knobs and tubes and levers in inside the the mission control area and just sort of like well i'm creeped out i gotta go (laughs) (laughs) and light started blinking it's all over when you go drinking, as they say. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we we meet Typhon and what is it, Piaton? Piaton? Mm-hmm. Yes, the man Thank you, because this is my biggest question about that whole weird scene was how to how to pronounce head number two, <laughs> which which <laughs> is really head number one if you think about it. Yeah, he's 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 actually yeah main head. <laughs> Somehow he got uh, you know head one point five or yeah whatever. he got master blastered basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much um yeah so it I, I I do sort of um I mean I don't know man this this dude sounds I mean he's his name is Typhon so mm-hmm. we we know just from reference alone it's probably bad news yeah. Uh, a, a, a he also um says that he's a prior or a a previous leader <laughs> and and so you know like given the fact that we're currently like in the in the midst of like well you know the autarch is looking for a replacement we know that severian's the one that sort of like <laughs> backs himself into the throne somehow so obviously this is going to be bad news for severian mm-hmm yeah, no, and not just a prior leader, but he he said I used to rule the world, <laughs> like which is quite the claim, and other worlds. Oh, and that's right, yeah. yeah. He's like I ran, I ruled a whole bunch of them. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> these are rookie numbers. You got to get those numbers up, Savannah. Yeah, <laughs> and I like how he's like he's like friendly, but there's still like a menace underneath it. Right. Well, I mean, he's he's like very. Um, very amiable, but also like super assertive, which mm. does not, which, you know, generally speaking does not bode well for these types of situations. Right. Please yeah. allow me to introduce myself. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, he did have a couch and he did not paint it black, however. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean like, uh, uh 
like, like, am I going to be the one to say it? I mean, he's definitely uh, the the Satan from the Bible, the advocate, whatever you want to call him. Uh, the, the, the adversary. Yeah, the adversary. Sorry, it is. It's late. Um, <laughs> an, an advocate would be a lawyer, I suppose. A lawyer, yeah. But uh, I, actually, that's that's where the adversary term came from in Job. As long as I'm, my brain is bouncing everywhere. But anyway, the the the, the point is that the, this is, uh, except for the two heads thing and the the cryogenic uh, previous leader thing, this is this is basically uh, torn from the New Testament. Well, yeah, he's he's literally on uh, on top of a mountain, yeah. <laughs> you know, being offered the world, uh, or or at least offered. Um, you know, a, a, a place alongside a very decisive leader. Uh, you know, he's, he's already, he's, he's already had a firm hand in this world and many others, as Kurt mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I have to backtrack a minute. Cause I, I, I was thinking about what to say about the death of a uh, little Severian because um, I was definitely emotionally struck by it, um, but I read it like right before we started recording, so I was kind of like breezing through. And I didn't fully process it at the time, um, and I want to say I think that Wolf does a good job of um, of of kind of like putting Severian through the paces of trying to process his emotions about it, of like the bond that he kind of formed with this kid in a very short time. Um, but, but also the kind of like, the kind of like hapless carelessness of it. Like, like he wasn't really, he, 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 he's not really like, I need to protect this kid. He's like, okay, I'm going to continue doing my thing and, and kind of try to protect this kid. Uh, so he's, he's not really treating it with like the gravitas that it deserves. And Severian even makes this, this observation that I thought was very interesting where he's like, um, you know, this, this boy that I cared about, I couldn't do anything for, but it was incredibly easy for me to save this other one uh, that I didn't really give a shit about, you know, and, and it was just like happenstance and, you know, it didn't, it, it, it didn't actually matter to me. Um, and I, 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 I felt like he did a good job of having Zerian kind of agonize over it a bit without, without like, without dragging it out in a way that wouldn't have felt realistic for for a character who's, uh, I think it's fair to say, a little bit emotionally stunted, or at least like not super high emotional intelligence. So I thought it was well done, and it was definitely a bit, a bit uh, heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he he does he does also. Um, th- there's this little passage uh, speaking about that, like while he's sort of thinking about it, that he 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 recalls right. He's he's going back to. Th- like the, the scene in the forest. Right. Um, and he says, you know, I remembered Kazdo's tired, lovely face, the boy peeping from behind her skirt, the way the old man had sat cross-legged with his back to the fire, talking of fetching. They were all dead. Now, Severa and Beckon, whom I had never seen the old man, the dog Kazdo, and now little Severian, even fetching all dead, all lost in the mist that obscure our days. Time itself is a thing. So it seems to me, that stands that stands solidly like a fence of iron palings with its endless row of years, and we flow past like guile on our way to the sea, from which we shall return only as rain. And you know, also he's he's calling back to the very first line in the whole you know series, right? The the he's recalling the the gates. Mm-hmm. And the mists trailing through the gates, you know, leading up to the to the outer wall and whatnot, you know, and Guile passing by, passing by. But I, I do love that that whole that whole uh, last part of it, where it's like you know, we pass by like Guile on our way to the sea, you know, and we'll only ever come back as rain. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 touching. Um. And and he does spend you know like a little bit of time thinking about, uh, like like you said, Kurt. I do think that he he's sort of weighing how inadequate he feels at the moment because, you know, like the the kid up in the 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 cliff house in uh, Thrax uh, and his sister, 
who he didn't really care much about, but wanted to save them, and he could. Uh, and yet, somehow, Little Severian, you know, basically the the horror of how he died, um, is essentially something that if he tried, like he, he's afraid to try to even use the claw, because what would you know? What would his life be? He there's there's barely anything left of him. I thought he does try to use the claw, and the bones just kind of like crumble away. Uh, I, I think it crumbles right before he like is was about to like. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because I, I don't I don't think he actually goes through. Through. Yeah, I think it. he's he's taught he he thinks about it because in in the aftermath he thinks about like Jonas sort of like calling him a fool for you know like why would you try to you know uh, uh try to sort of like. Uh, revive Thecla after she's been basically roasted, you know, yeah. at, at Vodal's banquet table, you know, and and thinking about that and thinking about like, well, is this like a weird? W- would he heal the individual pieces? What type of horror horror horrors would that uh, entail? You know. So I mean, I I don't know. I I I also think that he's sort of like froze, and he's sort of like in the aftermath is trying to perhaps even rationalize him not really being able to do anything as mm-hmm. well. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I'll probably have more to say about it at some point in the future, but for now I, I don't. Uh, yeah. It's part of the, part of the problem I'm having is like, I finished reading seconds before we started and everything's still percolating. So I'm like, yeah, what you say makes sense to myself. I need to think about it, which isn't a useful place for me to be for this, and I do apologize. <laughs> well, well, I suppose maybe we could talk a little bit more about that in the next, the next series of chapters. <laughs> but then we'll be busy talking about those chapters. Damn it! Then we switch back to five chapters, and it's not enough. Like we'll <laughs> we'll settle on seven. <laughs> seven, as in Severian. There you, there you go. go. All right. Anyway, so um, I don't know. I mean, because uh, at this point, uh, we're we're left at the at the moment where uh, basically Severian is um, is basically told <laughs> Typhon. Oh yeah, I met the conciliator. Fuck that guy up too. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> um, I really like the the explanation of kind of like his, his whole back and forth about like, well, you understand of course, why I have two heads. <laughs> Where he's like, you know, the face, they had to respect me. I needed to get the face across. Oh yeah. That's such a great, it's really, great. it's great because he's, he's, he's not wrong. I was like, no, you, you, you the face people are used to the face. It, they're going to like, they're going to obey some other dumbass that no, they got yeah. to put my face on that guy's body. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, now you're probably wondering why didn't I remove the other head first? Well, it turns out that's a little bit more difficult. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, so anyway, um, I do, I do love that we're, we're sort of like in the midst of like, Flying through the air with, uh, you know, Severians flying through the air with uh, Typhon and Pyatin, uh, you know, headed towards who knows what exactly, perhaps trying to recapture the world. Um, or, you know, he, he simply just uh, he's Pinky and uh, Pyatin is the is. No, wait, actually, it's the other way around, wouldn't it be? Pyatin Narf. would be Pinky. <laughs> Well, he's busy trying to find uh, you know, two tutus at this hour of the night. Um, so, uh, I suppose any last thoughts? Uh, any anything that we didn't talk about that uh, you, you wanted to get off your chest before we wrap it up? I have a little thing which is funny, which is um, so there's there's a series of of character illustrations uh that an artist on twitter did and i forget their name but but if you search for like twitter severian i'm sure that you'll find it it's like one of the first results um and they did one of a typhon and i didn't look up who typhon was i was like this motherfucker's got two heads 
So this whole time I've been like, who's this fucking two head guy? What's his deal going to be? So um, I'm glad to know what his deal is and I'm not let down. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. It's Aphod. It's Aphod Beeblebrox. Yeah. <laughs> Satan Beeblebrox. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, anything else, folks? No, sir. This stuff rocks. Right. Uh, this was a good, this was good. This was a really good set of chapters. Lots yeah. of cool, lots of cool shit happening. Some stuff to think about, uh, and of course, always impeccably written. So it's it's just a pleasure doing this the, these readings. Yeah, I, I I I got tired of like putting little little post its on like little passages that I wanted to to mark, you know, as like oh this this really stands out. It's, yeah. It, my my entire book would be just like flags of post-it <laughs> notes everywhere. Not a bad thing, but but just simply like after a while, you're like, okay, everything's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I. I mean, if if we if we hadn't like reached the goal here, this would be a good one to do a reading of because there's a lot of good stuff. You could probably just do it at random, but mm-hmm. it's all good. Just read it, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that that is it we are still on the mountain uh we'll, we'll be there next time so uh read the chapters comment in the discord we'll thank you for listening and for reading and as usual we'll catch you next time here on Podside.